Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Tannick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show today. We decided that we were going to have just a little chat. So we don't actually have a guest today. We're our own guests. Are you ladies ready to have some fun and talk about quilting? Uh, yes, yeah. ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's just jump right into it. Why don't we? Sounds, Sounds good to great. me. Great. All right, cool. you 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 kick us off, Tracy. What have you been working on, or what has been inspiring you? <laughs> Absolutely or, you know, let, let, Let's get. Oh no! <laughs> no I, that's I find not that really true. I was going to say I find that impossible. It's <laughs> not really true. There's a bunch of of quilts in the works. So okay, choosing fabrics, I I can sort of hint towards them a little bit. How about that? Okay. Okay. Because okay. they're hint sort of coming in future issues and mm. or coming relatively soon to a social media near you. Lori will know what this is in, in McCall's. In every issue, we have a, a feature called I Love This Quilt. And guess who got picked next? <gasps> Me. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, so in I Love This Quilt in McCall's, basically what we do is whoever's, whichever editor's turn it is, we have to choose a quilt that was previously published in McCall's, like in the last 10 years. And you have to remake it in new fabrics. Nice. It's really fun. It is. Oh, it sounds like it. I gave myself a little challenge, of course. Of course. Can't do anything simple. (laughs) (laughs) No, I never can. And I don't know why that is. It's just part of my personality. So uh, for my birthday, I got a fat quarter stack of Tulipanks Curiouser and Curiouser. And it has those really great portrait Mm -hmm. prints. So there's one of Alice and one of the Red Queen. Right. Uh huh. And so I, my father-in-law bought it for me. So it was, and he loved it because um, he said, he said he loved that there was a redhead in one of the portraits. And so, so he bought me the fabric and it was sitting, most of my fabric is in my bedroom. And so I've got like a little cabinet with little drawers and then I've got a shelf and it was on top of the cabinet right next to my bed so I would see it every morning when I woke up and I just started thinking I really want to use that so when it was I found out it was my turn I thought well maybe I can find a pattern where I can use this and I had a few patterns that I found you know probably the first time that I went looking through like stacks of old magazines Mm -hmm. and I have a little spreadsheet where I have you know potential patterns that I could pull real quick if I need to like have an emergency pattern. I love this quilt. And none of them had a a patch big enough for the face. Yeah. Yeah. Where you could kind of fussy cut those different things is what you were talking about, right? Yeah. I need at least eight and a half inches Mm -hmm. to get at least most of the image in. So, so I, Eileen Fowler is one of our, um, Love Eileen. Co-workers, <laughs> yes. And so one day I'm in the office and it's just me and Eileen. And I mentioned to her that I'm looking. 
And she helped me start going through old patterns and finding ones that might work. And then we have to check and see if we still have rights to that pattern. Can we republish it? And so it was a whole big rigmarole now. So I picked, I think, five patterns and all five came back that I could use them. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. like one, like maybe they'll pick one and then I won't have to choose. Right. Yeah. So, so now you got to pick. Are you leaning towards anyone in particular? I, or? I am. So oh, what God. I chose was the one that looks the most vintage and old fashioned. I don't, that's not even a good word. It looks, the pattern looks, the fabrics look a little dated, right? Okay. But it looks very traditional. And I figured I'm going to take the one that looks the most traditional and use the craziest fabric and see what happens. And so this will be in the Jan Feb issue of McCall's. So I won't have the top done by the time we finish printing that issue, but I will at least have some of the The blocks blocks done done so that those will be in the magazine so that you can actually see what it would look like to have the you know, the little face prints. Yeah. So, and that's, so that's such an iconic oh line. Like, I just think that's going to be so much fun. It's going to be very cool. So I, my fabric is actually waiting for me at home nice. <laughs> in the office. I just been well, out. I'm like, ah, oh, it's here. And isn't it great though, when you do get that fabric and you get so excited about it, but then it's mm-hmm. almost like, but what do I do with it now? You know, if you don't, if you buy it and you don't yes. really have anything planned for it and you just have it sitting there, I feel like I've had that struggle before where I've had like, I got this, um, cotton and steel fabric that I just absolutely loved. It was like, until that right pattern came along, yes. I just, I, I didn't know what to do with it. That's <laughs> the frustrating thing. And so that's why mm-hmm. I kind of really forced myself because I mean, honestly, by fabric company standards, like they want us to choose fabrics that are coming out when the issue is available. But I feel like there are so many people just like me who, when a new collection comes out, when Tula drops a new collection, mm-hmm. you just buy it. Mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And I never have a plan for what the quote yeah. will be. And the right. interesting thing was that I had to actually really sit down with my fabric stack, figure out which fabrics would could work where. Mm-hmm. And then when I made the request to Free Spirit, there were a couple of prints that I currently like, wanted in that collection. And they said, no, you have to go pick a, you know, you have to pick some of our basics to right. go with it. And which was fine. It just made me sort of think outside of the box Mm -hmm. and like, which print can I use from, you know, from one of her basics that would work in this. And I think it's going to be awesome. And I think it will also tell, like, you could probably drop in any of her collections Mm -hmm. and use this pattern. And it just makes you sort of use a different muscle in your brain. So it should be fun. So that's what I've been working on. I love that you chose a traditional Mm -hmm pattern traditional fabrics and you're going a whole new direction it'll make it look totally different it's gonna be crazy yeah and i love it i'm so excited it's probably the first collection of hers that i haven't felt like i'm hoarding like i just have been afraid (laughs) to cut into it and this one i'm just like well come on let's go let's just go gotta start somewhere (laughs) yeah what good does it do sitting on my shelf yep so yeah it just timing was Perfect. So it will work beautifully. So what have you guys been working on? Who wants to go first? Let me go first. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I actually have had a horrible last 10 days or so. Um, 
I hit a deer. I fell. I oh, still no. haven't closed on my house. I'm fine, but my head was going in a very negative direction. And I said oh. something to my sister about it. And she said, you need to get out your sewing machine. This was in the email I read this morning. And then I sent a message to Tracy and I said, remind me what we're talking about today. And she said, about what's inspiring you. And that was the perfect time for that. I jumped on Pinterest. I got lost on Pinterest. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of Jen Kingwell, and oh, there yeah. were a couple of things. I have a, a Christmas fabric collection, a, a stack of fat Ooh. quarters, and I was looking at some of hers where she does umpteen different blocks and then puts them all together yeah. with um, – a background fabric, and I thought, mm -hmm. you know, that could be perfect. Then I got an email from EQ, and they're talking about this new book that they have available that is Linda Hahn and Deborah Stanley. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh-oh, now I have to decide. Oh, no. <laughs> because there's some cool stuff there. It may wind up being uh, Linda and Deb on the top of the quilt and uh, Jen Kingwell on the back Ooh, of the quilt. My yes. gosh, that would be incredible. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, and are you, because are you, are you still planning to do like your Christmas, every Christmas you always give quilts out. So I'm thinking you probably have to start that soon, right? You know what, Ginger? <laughs> I don't know for sure how many quilts I finished before we moved. And oh. they're in storage. Okay. So oh, I good. can't so you already go got count started. and right. say, oh, I'm safe. I've already got 12. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many I made. Uh, it may be one of those years where I'm sewing nonstop from September till December. <laughs> I just always envision with the amount that you put out, I just always envision that's what you're doing anyway. So, <laughs> And most of the time it is. This, this being in temporary quarters has, yeah. has kind of uh, put some – some limits on my sewing capabilities mm -hmm. because of space. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully we're going to get to move to my house real soon. I'm ready. Oh, well, I hope so. That. We're sending you good vibes. Like, oh, thank you. Vibes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And how about you, Ginger? Oh my goodness. I just came off of such an amazing weekend. My daughter got invited to go over to a friend's house. Like I feel like to me, that's like, we're getting back to normal. She can enjoy being at a friend's house. And they went to the pool and did all that. But I had the house to myself. I had my sewing studio to myself because my husband was working. So I sewed all weekend long. Oh, nice. It, it was amazing. So like I haven't done that in forever. And so uh, we're planning a trip at the end of August. Um, we're going to Lake Tahoe. And I'm like, ooh, I think I want to make some some things, you know, to, to wear on this. So I was able to do some garments this weekend. I did a really fun, it was an up in arms blouse. It's a pattern that's up on Sew Daily. And then I also did, um, it's a Hey June made, handmade. Hey June Handmade is the company. And it was a, a little tank top that I did. So I was able to make those. But then I've been going back and I've been making all of these blocks um, for my Instagram site. And I'm like, what am I going to do with all these blocks? And I was like, 
ah, duh, take it up another notch and really start practicing my quilting. So Mm -hmm. I was able to go in and just start quilting a couple of those blocks. I did some matchstick quilting, did a lot of practice with Stitch in the Ditch. Um, I was able to do my bindings. And I'm so proud of myself because now there's a method that I had learned. Bonnie Hunter actually taught it to me when she came here. And it's that where you take the binding and you meet them and you cross them and then stitch Mm -hmm. them together. So that way it all just blends. And Every single time I ever do it, I always have to like whip out. Like I literally have the video saved on my phone so I can just pull it out real quick and watch it. I don't have to watch it anymore. Oh, I was yay. like, nice. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I was just like, oh, zoop, zoop, zoop. I still need to pull it out and look at it like every single time. I should actually watch her video. No, I did it like four times and I was like, oh, I don't need that. I just know you flip it this way and do that. And I'm like, I did it. (laughs) So that to me, I was like, that felt pretty darn good. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so I'm just flying high right now, like still on that sewing high of like, I got through a bunch of the blocks. I did. It was so funny. We had dinner at my parents last night and I brought them and I was like, okay, mom, pick one out. And she picked one out and she put it and she put the, uh, what did we have for dinner? We had, oh, salmon. And she was so cute. She just put her salmon tray right on it. I was like, oh. Okay, that works. I'm like, wow. and it's fine. Like, and she's using it as kind of a makeshift trivet, I guess, or something. And I'm like, that's fine. If that's what she wants to use it for, that's fine. But it was just so lovely to like just see it in action. And I know. <laughs> Ginger, you just, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sitting here shaking my head like I, I would probably die. Oh, yeah. No, Why no, do no. you have this happen? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the TV. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, for those of you who didn't know, I think like probably, yeah, I was going to say the biggest thing is uh, I had given, uh, it was a, a quilt of mine that I loved. It was a Japanese lantern quilt that I had done. And I still, to this day, it's one of my absolute favorites. And my went to go visit my husband's grandmother in New Mexico. And she was like, oh, this is beautiful. I love it. And I was like, oh, well, why don't you keep it? You know, you can have it, you know, whatever. So we come back uh, later that year and she literally has it folded with the TV on top of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't I just look at it like, hey, if that's what brings them joy about it, then yep. fine. You know, it's like I can't control what happens once they've left my nest. That's true. That's true. That's yeah, true. it's one that. of those things we have to realize that when we gift something, mm-hmm. we gifted it. It's yes. 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 Yeah, true. it's true. And, and you know, and it's so funny, though, because I do feel like there is this, you know, which is odd. I always feel like when people get a quilt, sometimes they're too afraid to do anything with it because they're right. afraid, oh, it'll get messed up or it won't do this or it won't do that. So yeah, people don't seem to have that problem with mine. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, put a salmon tray on it. Put uh, a TV on it. Yeah. (laughs) And I have the opposite where they're like, oh, my God, I got something on it. I'm like, yeah, it's a baby quilt. Go just throw it in the wash. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If Um, it falls apart, let me know. Yeah. But I have just been also having a blast going through um, all my magazines. Like I've been going through older magazines and books and just trying to get inspiration on, okay, what blocks can I do next? And that has been a blast. Like just to realize like I have a huge library of stuff and it's awesome to actually get in there and and have a reason to go through it and do it and not just let it sit there and collect dust. So that's been really inspiring to go through some of those. And uh, I pulled out Heather Black's because we just interviewed her for another episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. 
Yay, I love that. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. So I'm, I am. I'm, I'm going to ride this high for as long as I possibly can. My gosh, I'm <laughs> jealous. Yeah, I'm no literally kidding. jealous because I haven't even. I've been looking at my sewing machine and just can't even yet. And I can't get like delve into anything else until I get some things cut up, which makes me sad. I don't like the cutting part. Yeah, it depends. I, I kind of like the cutting part um, when I'm starting a new project. That at that part of it, you know, it, I, it does. It's I, I like that part of the process. I like, I, which is weird, I guess, for most people. I don't know, Lori. How do you feel about the cutting process? I actually, especially if I'm using AccuQuilt, so I've got dies. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. like to cut things, and like I said, especially if I'm using dies because it goes so fast, and it's mm-hmm. like you can really see that you're getting close to being able to do that first mm-hmm. block, which always is the best block in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Because it lets you know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. And I always love that feeling of like, I did it, I did one. And yes. then the rest just feel like they, they don't seem to be. It's getting to that one, though. It feels like it takes forever. Right. <laughs> For me, at least. Oh Well, and how do you guys feel about like practice blocks? Do you do a practice block or no? I do if it's a complicated block mm-hmm. and I'm putting it together with other blocks. Because if you put block A and block B together they need to wind up the same size as they do. (laughs) And, and if it's a complicated block with lots of seams, I'm more likely to have a discrepancy in the size of the two blocks. Mm -hmm. So I do make a practice block in that case, but if I'm doing uh, relatively simple blocks, uh, I don't make practice blocks. And to be really honest, if you do that, sometimes it'll come out and bite you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. I don't. Yeah. Mine, it just de- it depends a lot on the fabric because if it's a fabric that I don't have a lot of that I have to be kind of stingy with and I'm too cheap to go out and buy more or if I got it for free and I don't want to bug the person <laughs> to get, you know, bug them again or whatever, I probably won't do a test block, oddly enough. Um, but if it's uh, one where it's like I have a lot of fabric or if I, you know, have the luxury of being able to do that, I might, I might do it. Or if it is a block that I haven't really done before. But yeah, I, I normally don't do a practice block. How about mm. you, Tracy? I do a practice block um just because i've had i've had a couple of patterns recently like sort of bite me in the butt Mm. where they weren't quite right and i had to figure stuff out where the discrepancy was in the pattern so i do a test block um plus there have been a couple of times even you know i hate to say people but it sometimes in our magazines we might have a mistake we 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 write like over 240 patterns a year for across our magazines and occasionally we write the wrong thing or there's a typo and we don't catch it and i it kills me kills me when someone writes in and says that they cut you know the entire thing and then there's a mistake especially if it's a mistake where the patch is smaller you know than it's supposed to be because then they've ruined all that fabric so I get paranoid now I just am paranoid I have to make sure you know unless it's something with pre-cuts where it's like easy peasy that I probably won't but yeah, no, Tracy, I couldn't do that. It's that Catholic guilt. It would have killed me. <laughs> I 
would have been like, can I buy you a new, I, new fabric? Yeah, can it's I terrible. do anything? Like it would have eaten me alive. It's, oh, it's only happened oh. a couple of times to me, but it, I die. I die. And then they get like 12 emails from me, like trying to make it better. I know. <laughs> you know? It's like, what, what, what can I do? How can I make this up? Oh, like, oh, oh. my gosh. And, you know, and it just, it, it, there's, I, I have that. I remember there was one person who I could not appease. She was mad. <laughs> and that was it. She wanted, she wanted me to buy fabric. She wanted me to refund her subscription price. Like, <laughs> It's terrible. It's and, terrible. <laughs> and most of the readers that find mistakes are so kind. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to do when they're not. So true. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I, I, I have some information that I want to share with everyone. So why don't we segue? Because I feel like this is the perfect time to mention I'm going on vacation next week. Oh, Yay. So lucky. And I can't bring my sewing machine with me, unfortunately. I know. It, it, that that would be – I know that there are people who travel with their machines, you know, and, and do that. Um, but, oh, yeah, there's definitely those moments where it's like, God, it would just be so lovely, especially if you're in a long car trip or something. Like, oh, oh my man, gosh, I've got like nine hours of just sitting I here. If I only had a machine. <laughs> Have you ever seen those pictures of like people in their mm-hmm. RV and they oh, yeah. you know, have it like outfitted so that they could sit and sew while they're driving? Oh, my yes. gosh. I'm so yes. jealous of that. This is not that trip. that's okay though (laughs) i'm excited for other things because i get Mm -hmm. to see my family right and so we're going to chicago and i unfortunately have a funeral to go to that uh, of a dear friend of ours um and family member who passed away last fall and so we're finally doing a celebration of life for them and then from there we are going to north carolina to visit my husband's parents and I contemplated like, ooh, can I bring some? What can I bring? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know we will have downtime there. Yeah. But if it's not handwork, I don't think I can get away with it. So, and then I thought about like bringing the fabric to cut while I was there. And then I thought, well, I don't know that I can get through TSA with a rotary cutter. And no. I just gave away my folding mat. Like oh. I had a cutting mat you could fold and I gave it to my kids. (laughs) So I'm like, darn it. I don't know that I can do anything. But anyway, so while I was, I was on social media this weekend, I popped on Instagram and uh, Latifah Safir, who's been a guest on the show, was Uh in Chicago. And all of a sudden I realized there's a museum exhibit at the Art Institute of Bisa Butler. Oh my God. So, so are you going to be able to do it? Yes. Yes. I'm going to whisper it because awesome because there was a little window of time that has our plans got canceled, and so I think I think and hope that I can go. So I thought, why not put together a list of Mm -hmm. a few exhibits that are maybe not on everyone's radar, and maybe you live close by where you can go see. So. I put together a whole, like you should see it, it's handwritten notes. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have handwritten notes because I've actually gotten a couple of emails from different PR people about exhibits. So you can hear nice. me. You're going to hear this okay. as I talk. Nice. Sounds official. <laughs> so first exhibit, Beast Butler Portraits is now through September 6th at the Art Institute of Chicago. 
You don't need to take notes. I'll put them in the show notes. So everything will have links there. Okay. Okay, Quick question. Sidebar. Yes. Is the Art Institute, is that where like Ferris Bueller went on his Yes. Yes. All right. (laughs) Yes. So do you know? (laughs) See Quilts there? Oh my God. So do you know, do you know that, that, so we used to live in Chicago. We lived there Uh for like 13 or 14 years. So I've been to the Art Institute several times and including being a chaperone to my kids' trips twice. Oh, so you, did you and hold hands with them and walk through? Every single time I make them oh hold hands and I play and I play the Smiths and we yes. walk through. Oh, and, that's amazing. And and some of the kids are not amused, but I didn't care because <laughs> hey. I am the chaperone and you that's must do right. it. That's so, right. Um, one day, one day, I they'll get actually, it. <laughs> I should show you the pictures. Oh my gosh. I'll have to find them and I'll hopefully put them in the show notes too. But I have pictures where, you know, where they pose in oh, front yeah. of that, in front of, what is it, Sunday in the Park with George yes, or whatever says, that. Uh-huh, yep, I think they, so. And it's they're all huge like, yeah. painting and they make the, they pose. Uh-huh, yep. I have pictures of my kids doing that. Awesome. Brilliant. That is brilliant. So you have to do that. So if you go to the Art Institute of Chicago to see the Bisa Butler exhibit and you do that, I want to see pictures. You can tag me on Instagram. I'm so supportive. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sidebar complete. (laughs) That was a very important sidebar in my opinion. So, okay. I'm probably driving Daisha crazy. Daisha is our producer and I'm probably driving her crazy, moving my head around. So I apologize. I'm just excited. (laughs) She just gave me the thumbs up. Good. Okay. So number two, the art museums of colonial Williamsburg. Yes. They messaged me and they have a show starting this summer. It's called the art quilter and they will have a rotating exhibit of quilts for three years. Oh man. So they're pulling them out of storage it will be from early 19th century quilts to present day. So I thought that's super fun. So I'll put a link to their website. They also currently have an exhibit of Navajo weavings, which I Ooh, thought nice. would also be interesting. Um, and they just added six new weavings to the display. And those will be on exhibit until December of 2022. So it's oh. currently to December of 2022, and the quilt exhibit is for the next three years, rotating quilts. Oh, so you could potentially hit it multiple times. And oh, right. yeah, that's quilts. a brilliant idea on their part, I think. Yeah. Because right? then, man, you go back and, yeah, you know, it's always nice to go back and see. But when it's the same stuff, sometimes maybe it's not as exciting. But, oh, man, you change out those, uh, you rotate them, and uh, that's amazing. I know. Super exciting, right? Plus, if you've been to Colonial Williamsburg, I think it's just kind of fun to force your family to do the little side trip, don't you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So Definitely. much history to see there. You might as well see some fabric while you're at it. Might as well. All right. Number three. I'm super excited about this one as well. So the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston okay. is doing an exhibit called Fabric of a Nation, American Quilt Stories. So... This starts October 10th. There's actually a preview, I guess, if you're a member on October 6th, but starting October 10th through January 17th of 2022. So this is a short exhibit, three months, and it's a loosely chronological presentation of seven thematic sections that voice multiple perspectives. This sounds super cool to me, and I'm actually going to read you a little bit more from their website because I'm excited about the show. So basically... 
They say that visitors will see and hear from artists, educators, academics, and activists, and the remarkable examples on view are by under-recognized diversity of artistic hands and minds from 17th century to, t- to today, including female and male, known and unidentified urban and rural makers, immigrants, and Black, Latinx, Indigenous, Asian, and LGBTQ plus Americans. This sounds like it is going to be an amazing show. And I lived in Boston. I went to, that's where I went to college. Uh And we actually lived right down the street from the MFA when my kids were born. And so I actually, this is the one museum where I've had, you know, I've had um, memberships for multiple years. And I used to bring my kids all the time. They have wonderful exhibits, but I've never seen quilts there. So I am so, so excited. And my son just moved back. They invited me to come see the exhibit. And so I am going to this. Nice. And um, it looks like it's going to be beautiful. And the banner on the website is also Bisa Butler. (laughs) So I thought that was really fun. But they gave examples of like people who were slaves who were freed and the quilts that they made. And it just gave me goosebumps. So I'm super excited about that one. Oh, man. That that just sounds like you're going on a quilting tour starting in Chicago. Right? And then, yeah. Yes. Well, I could try. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right? I think you should. Right? <laughs> All right. So this is one that everyone can go to. So this is my last one to mention. It is the Wisconsin Museum of Quilts and Fiber Arts in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. So starting Thursday, September 2nd. They are doing a, a show of Victoria Finley Wolf's um, quilt. So it is called Playing with Purpose. It is from September 2nd through December 5th. And I happened to mention to Victoria that I really wished I could go. If I still lived in Chicago, I would have been able to go up and, and you know, and see her there when she's going to be there. She was like, well, you can. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, we're doing an evening with Victoria Finley Wolf. On September 2nd, it's $30 for non-members. It is a hybrid event. So if you are in Wisconsin, you can actually go okay. and you can have see her talk in person. But they're also doing a virtual tour. So nice. she'll talk and then she's going to walk through the exhibit and talk about each one of the quilts. How much fun is oh, that? That is brilliant. I mean, I, I feel like for as horrible as the last year and a half has been, for something that technology to come out of that and for us to still use it. Like, I feel like that's, that's progress. Like that is something where, you know, people are not going to be limited to just where they live to go and visit these places and do that. So that is fabulous. I hope that more museums do those kind of things Mm -hmm. because how often do you hear that, you know, the artist themselves is going to do something special and you're like, I wish I was there. I live across the country. This is wonderful. What a yep. wonderful idea. And everyone can just sign up. I'll drop the link. I'll drop the link for all of these exhibits that I've mentioned into the show notes so that you can, you know, just click if you're interested. But I just think how wonderful is that, that we now live in this day and age where we can actually kind of check out the exhibits online or we can go to these mm-hmm. hybrid events where, you know, they can walk you through and you can hear the artists talk about it kind of cool. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. And it's just so nice to hear that people can go out and they can do stuff again and they can, you know, just take advantage of all of these. So this was a great idea to to round up that list for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So do, do either of you, have you gone to exhibits and do you have a favorite? And Ginger's thinking about it, but she has been and she's not putting it together. You've been I to have. market, so you've oh, I seen have. exhibits. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely have. And for me, definitely hands down the coolest one was uh, the comic book uh, mm-hmm. exhibit and cosplay where they had uh, – this was, oh, two, three years ago? It was two years ago because I yeah. think it was the last market right before COVID, Yeah, right? and – it, yeah, and and mm-hmm. what I what was so cool about it because I'm kind of into the whole cosplay thing with my daughter is that they actually had quilts and then they had costumes that were inspired by the quilts or vice mm-hmm. versa. But mm-hmm. it was pretty freaking amazing. That was like, Tony Smith yes. and Casey uh, Casey Renee. Renee. Yes. Whew. Yes, that was good. That was good. And yes. um, yeah, and and I actually have a couple of those, Tracy, if you want. I can send you some of the images that I have I that. of just the – it was great because you would see a quilt. Like I think Belle from Beauty and the mm-hmm. Beast was one of them. And they actually had a quilt that I think Tony had done and then Casey Renee had done the dress to go with it. And I mean to see that in person – it was just – it was amazing. That was beautiful. And that was actually probably one of the first exhibits that I had gone to because I had been before to Quilt Market. Um, but that was also, I think, a year. It was like the Sapphire year. Mm-hmm. So everything about the that exhibit. The exhibits in the air. Yes. Oh, it was just amazing. Just love those. I was going to say that was probably my favorite. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you – I'll send you some of the images. I have some on my Instagram, but I'll send you some, Tracy, that you can put in the notes that people can see in case they didn't get to see that. Mm. But that was a pretty, like, life changing moment for me going through that whole exhibit that time around. And um, yeah, I, I felt pretty lucky to be there. Now, Lori, I know you do you have a favorite or have you just been to so many that it's hard to narrow it down? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of pretty amazing things. Market and festival, there are always just amazing things there. But there's also the museum in Paducah, and I can't remember the oh. name of it, where they've got uh, all the winners mm-hmm. displayed in one place for a number of years, and it's mind-boggling. Have you ever been to a museum, like not even a quilting museum, just a regular museum, and they've had quilts displayed wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> No, do you like go and complain or? <laughs> so there, back in Naperville, Illinois, there was a, a a thing called neighbor settlement, and it was a group of houses in the center. Of, well, it's not really the center of town, but it was previously the center of Naperville. It's where the the town was settled, and so they still have these original buildings. And I remember going through it, and they had a crazy quilt on the bed, like that was the quilt. <laughs> And and I I did have to say something to the person. I was like, you know, that's not yeah. that's, that's not how they, they they're too fragile to sleep under. Uh-huh. Plus, it was more to just put in your parlor. And the funny thing was, they always had quilters there who they would request people to come for certain days to show how to quilt. And so I was like, you know, they should know better. But I wonder if anybody else has had things like that because, or am I just super like picky? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I would. I, feel I personally, I know. I don't know that I personally would be like, "Oh, that looks like that's home wrong" or anything. I don't think I'm there yet. Like, I don't think I've, I, I realize yeah, enough. I, I think the problem was it wasn't even big enough to cover the bed, uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, "No, that would fall apart. Like, that yeah. should be in the parlor. That was for the lady to show off her handwork, and that she right. was, you know, mm-hmm. had enough time to 
And she had all these fancy fabrics because mm-hmm. they were usually silks and satins and, and velvets. Oh, yeah. 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 Super, fa- super fancy. But, you know, that's me being persnickety. <laughs> I hope, I, I hope one day I get there where I can be persnickety. I can just be like, well, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm a snob. What can I say? No. I'm just a perfectionist, you could tell. <laughs> I hate that. And I shouldn't be a perfectionist. That's the worst part. <laughs> I do not think anything I make is perfect. But, you know, I, I expect perfection from a museum. Yeah, yeah, they they do kind of set themselves up for that. So yeah, yeah and with the number of quilters in that area, they could have probably just asked, and we would have mm-hmm. made them one. I feel like we have chattered on and on and on for a really long time. I don't think it's been that long, but it. I'm feeling really happy that we've had a chance to just talk. chat and yeah. and talk. And for our listeners, this all came about because we got a letter and and one of the pe- the person, I'll have to read it next time, but the letter from the listener, and they specifically said they loved the episodes where it was just the three of us talking. We're kind of good at it. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> we can just talk for days about this stuff, couldn't we? Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Next time we do one of these, we should talk about like problems we're having. So Ginger feels better, Lori. What do you think? Yeah, there you definitely. go. Yeah. She could probably help us with whatever we're doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I am definitely working through some issues. Like, it's so funny. Like, I feel like this whole big uh, project that I'm taking on as far as like the block a week challenge, it, I'm learning so much. And and so I'm catching up with you guys. Back mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. Better, you've been You're going to surpass me any day now. Did oh. your daughter get her leggings yet? No. But it's getting up there, though. I've definitely gotten a lot more. We're we're still about four hundred short, but uh, okay. but it's getting there. And so with every week, I'm getting more and more followers, and it's been a blast. So Ginger, remind our listeners what your what your t- hashtag is. It's just hashtag block a week challenge. And then you can also see the, I'm, I'm basically just posting these little videos each week. I, I do a different block and I've been kind of upping my production skills and doing kind of fun stop motion type things. And and that's part of the challenge is really trying to like, I don't want to do the same thing with each block every week. So it's like, oh, how can I make this one a little different? And so it, it, it's the way I'm twisting it or the way I'm, you know, making them separate and come back together or so it's kind of fun. And, and it's, it's testing my brain out as far as that goes not only been making the block and testing it on that front, but then, okay, how do I take it apart and put it together visually, you know, to make mm. it kind of a fun little thing. And they're only like 15, 20 second long videos, but it, it's How long really, do they take you to do? I'm getting quicker. <laughs> I am. I'm getting much quicker. I think the last one I did only took me about maybe two hours from like top wow. to bottom to do. So That's it's like, good. you know, I kind of have a whole process where I cut it out. I cut out the fabric um, and then I have to film while I'm doing it. Right. Um, right. So it's like I I don't want to, I don't want to make like four or five blocks. So it's like, I kind of just do the whole process all at once. And then, so filming is one part of it. And then I usually can wait to edit. Like it just depends. So sometimes, and I have to do it. It's so funny in the evenings because where I film at the light filters through and it gives like a different lighting on it if it's too light outside. So I wait until the evenings. So it, it's hilarious. I'll be up at like, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock and my husband will be like coming in to go to bed. And I'm like, back out. I'm not done yet. <laughs> 
love it. So, so give everybody your handle to follow. It's just GST, which is my initials, Ginger Sheehy Tatic, GST, Quilts and Sews. And then I've also been putting them up um, I, because I really only used Instagram. I'm not, I haven't been a huge Facebook person, but I do have a, a, a GST, Quilts and Sews on there. So I've been adding videos to that as well. So you can go on Facebook if you don't have Instagram and check them out there too. Cool. Thank you cool. for letting me talk about it. I feel oh, like I don't no. want to like everybody you know, needs to drop everything right now and, and go yes, on to Instagram and follow Ginger so that yes. she can her daughter can get the Lululemon leggings. That was kind of she. I made her my, my <laughs> social media manager because she's yes. really been helping me with the posts and really more or less just kind of putting a flame under my butt. Like, come on, mom, you got to do it tonight. Let's go. Get it going. <laughs> I love it. But she's been great, and so I told her if I get to like over a thousand followers, that uh, I would get her pair of Lululemon pants because they're outrageously yeah, expensive. Have, I feel like you and I should have more followers than we do, but I don't post as often as you do. <laughs> well, I am now. Like I wasn't before. And now I feel like it's just, it's been really, it's all been an educational, you know, on many fronts, you know, to learn about social media, to up my production skills just for myself and my editing skills, you know, and then there's the whole quilting aspect of it and and piecing and, and doing all that. Well, and I feel like I added the quilting element just this last time around. And I think what I might even do is maybe give away some of the blocks on my site as well. So if anybody's interested- Ooh, Pay attention, yeah, and I'll be more than happy that. to share those out because if I keep doing this, I, I literally am getting like a stockpile. But I think I have enough for the ones that I'm doing this month where uh, the, the blocks were all supposed to be 12 and a half inches. Yeah, they aren't all 12 and a half inches. <laughs> I did one when I cut it. I think I must have made them much bigger. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, so, but I have enough where the four are about like, you know, 12 and a half. I'll be able to do that. And then I have one that's bigger. So I'm going to put that on the back of it, and I'm going to make a little wall hanging. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. So In the uh, next episode, Lori, we're going to teach Ginger about coping strips. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I need that knowledge. Yes. God, that would have been handy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's funny because um, so I so in the next issue of Quick and Easy, Fonz and Porter's Quick and Easy Quilts, which is the August, September. Okay. I think it's August, September. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Wait, maybe it's October. It's October, November. In that issue. I have my log cabin quilt that I was okay. talking about on that right. episode that I was working on way back, right? It's finally almost to print. And after that episode and after a couple of things that we've mentioned on this show, I decided we have the, a feature in there called Beginner Bootcamp where I talk about something that's beginner friendly because, you know, we needed to have a magazine that was was more dedicated to beginner quilters because there we're very thankful for that. <laughs> there just isn't really much on the market for people who are mm -hmm. new. And so we do this feature in every issue. And for that one, I decided to do the feature on um, how to perfect your quarter inch seam. Oh, nice. So I'll have to make sure you get a copy of that one. Okay. <laughs> if you're not yes. on the list. And mm -hmm. then, um, and then maybe we'll we'll talk about that one in a future episode where we can, you know, practice and because I still need a little practice. Once you change a machine, you sort of need to set it up again. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing how you do get spoiled when you use the same machine over and over. Uh -huh. And you really, you know that machine. Like, right. it's amazing how much they really do have personalities. Yes. Like, it's really funny how how that happens. <laughs> and when one needs to go to the shop and you need to switch machines, you need to figure it out all yeah. over again. Uh, yes. <laughs> 
Yep, definitely. Oh, I, I real quick, I had a really geeky moment this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I've been checking because the, uh, I, I, I guess it's the latest epi- uh, uh, magazine of quick and easy quilts was coming out and it has our quilts in it from uh, yes. the quilting bee that we did. Yes. And so whenever we go into a place that I know they sell our magazines, I always check to see. And I finally saw it on one of the newsstands. Really? It was at the Michaels right next to where oh we live. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I thought my daughter Parker, she was going to kill me because I totally was like, <laughs> I got to get a picture next to it. So I like totally took a picture of it in the thing and then I opened it up and took another picture and oh my gosh, why didn't you send it to me? Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh my God, I will. I will totally send it. But I was such a total geek. We'll I was have just to like, send it oh to Michelle God. over yes. at Maywood Studio yeah. also because so she'll anyway, love that. That was that was just my moment. I like opened it up and you could like see the quilt and you could see the little picture, the screen grab they oh had of us. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I've never seen um, that that magazine in the wild. Yes. Like I've never seen it on the uh, newsstand anywhere. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm, oh, I'm the obnoxious COVID. person. I'm the obnoxious <laughs> person, though. Like we go into Barnes and Noble or we go into like Michaels, and if I see our magazines, you know, the the Fonz and Porter, McCall's, you know, the Quick and Easy or whatever, I totally like put them up in the front and like <laughs> move them. Up. I I do that every time, Ginger. Every time. Yet again, Parker. Like she, yeah, Parker. Parker hates going to bookstores and stuff with me. If she knows the magazines are going to be there, like she'll literally walk in the other direction. She'll like, do, do what you have to do, mom. Just go. So Jay and Sydney know that I'll go and I'll rearrange everything uh-huh. so that our magazines are in the front. Um, you know, because they get covered by, by like crochet world and mm-hmm. things like yes. that. Like, you know, or how are quilters supposed to see that? that are completely yeah. different. So I always sort of move them to the front, make sure you can see them, or just see if they've sold. You know, which mm-hmm. is always nice too, because I'm, you know, if it's my grocery store, I know that you know, like, oh hey, there's only one left. Woohoo! You know, yeah. but my husband, if we're in the store and he sees my magazine there. He will open them up to my picture and will show anybody walking Aww. by that it's, hey, look, she's right there. Look, she's that, she's famous. She's the editor. I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to die. He did it once at Joanne's, and I don't know what he was expecting. Like, they were going to give me a discount or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, I, we're embarrassing family members just on different levels. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so true. My goodness. My son, Zach, tells about when he was he was working for the railroad. So he'd been at work and he's all grubby because it's not a, you know, they're around grease and oil. So he's in his his work clothes and he went into the store and there was one of my magazines. He says he picked it up off the shelf and he pointed to my picture on the editorial page and he says, this is my mom. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of that one. Oh, oh my goodness. I know. That's oh. so sweet. The The best I could say is my, my kids have occasionally shared links on their page, like on their Facebook page to our podcast. Right. And it's like, hey, if you like quilting and sewing, you should go listen to my mom. Oh, <laughs> how so cute. I love nice. them. Nice. Nice. And you don't even have to give them leggings. That's awesome. I, know. <laughs> I didn't even ask them. It was awesome. But I guess I, you know, brag on them all the time. Too. Yes. Oh. They're proud of you, too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see them this weekend. Oh, I bet. Yay. You're going to have so much fun. Oh, my gosh. You I'm going to cry. I told, I told my daughter, because I was like, Sydney, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm like going to cry all week thinking about it. I'm going to need 
the waterproof mascara. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, even just to like go into like the emotional, you know, walking into a museum and actually doing something oh my normal, gosh. like you're right. going to burst into tears then too. Oh I my gosh. <laughs> I, I almost started to tear up in the Whole Foods when the salad bar came back. <laughs> Oh my gosh, look at that. There's food. It's all the little things. You know, it's those little details in life. <laughs> yeah, silly. Silly. Oh, well, oh. have fun. You deserve yes. it. For oh, sure. Yes. Definitely. I'm, I'm going to shut off my email and just try and be there with them yes. and appreciate them, even Do when they're. It. When 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 everybody's driving me crazy or, you know, Which people are arguing mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever, it's still going to be fine. Yes. yes. That's family. Yep. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> well, it has been so sweet talking to you guys. I know. Yeah, I it know. has. Yes. I can't wait until I, I wish that, you know, we could be in the studios together still. Yeah, I know. But it, it is kind of nice having that that working remotely and still being able to do this. Like, right. I, I, I yeah. do feel like it's great. And, it's uh, been a blessing. Yeah. Even if I don't get to see you in person, even just seeing you virtually is still awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's always a love fest. Sorry, you guys. (laughs) So we will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to us gab on and on for this past uh, episode. Yep. It's been fun. It has. Hey, it's Ginger. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Quilt and Tell podcast. We have a special treat for you right now as Handy Quilter presents this interview with the crafty Gemini, Vanessa Vargas Wilson. Visit handyquilter.com today to see all their machines, watch educational videos, find quilting events in your area, and so much more. That's H-A-N-D-I quilter.com. Today on the podcast, we have got a super special guest and one that I'm really kind of struggling on how to introduce because there are so many ways to introduce her. Uh, We are talking with Vanessa Vargas Wilson, otherwise known as the Crafty Gemini. And uh, Vanessa, give us a little insight as to why I'm having this struggle. (laughs) Hi, Ginger. How are you? I am (laughs) good. Thanks for having me on. Um, That's funny that you say that because I feel like that about myself sometimes because I'm kind of all over the place. I am a Gemini. Mm -hmm. And in the Zodiac, we tend to have what a lot of people would call like multiple personalities, a lot of hobbies. We talk fast. We move fast. We're like the communicators of the Zodiac. And everything I do, I do fast. And so I also love to learn. And so I feel like at the speed that I want to ingest information, I also want to put it back out as a teacher and like share it with everybody, you know? (laughs) So it's tricky for me to be like boxed into one thing or one craft. So I know it's like, what do you do? I do a little bit of everything, actually. Everything. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think, you know, the way people I think would probably know you is definitely through your uh, tutorial videos. That's right. And you've done, you've done videos on cooking, baking, crocheting, knitting, homestead and gardening, also sewing, not just garment sewing, but also just general sewing. Your bags are fabulous and amazing. Thank you. And then of course, quilting. You've got your quilting gig going. You actually have also just become uh, one of the educators for Handy Quilter and you uh, helped with the the new Moxie machine that they I do. I do. It's such a great home sewing or home quilting machine for home sewists, you know? It's a lot faster, obviously, to use the moxie mm-hmm. than to try and struggle and fight with your quilt in the, you know, in the throat of your home sewing machine. Those yes. of us that have started that way, you know, and it, I mean, it's not for everybody, right? Some people love doing sit down sewing. 
but it's just so much faster. It's like doodling on your quilt when you get to use a long arm. So that definitely is one of my favorite parts, actually, of the quilting process. That's fairly new, right? You just became an educator it recently. Is, it is. Yeah. And it is a really cool setup, actually, because you can set it up, I believe, on a five-foot frame, on an eight-foot, or a ten-foot frame, which a lot of times, if you are a quilter, and you probably have a stack of unfinished quilts, you know, mm-hmm, you're yep. like, well, how much is it going to cost me to send these to a long armor? I might you know, it might be worth it to invest in a long arm quilting machine. And so I think with Handy Quilter making it an option to have it set up at the shorter spaces, right? That's the main limit that I hear from a lot of my followers mm-hmm. that are like, I wish I could have a long arm, but I don't have the space for it, right? Like yes. I still have kids at home. I don't have right. an empty room I can put it in. And so with that eight foot or even the five foot, right? A mm-hmm. smaller house, if you're downsizing, you could still fit it in there and you can do so much to finish your quilts. And and I think at the price point that they introduced it at in the market, mm-hmm. There wasn't anything else at that price point with what it could do. So really, I I think it's the best bang for your buck as far as a home long arm quilting machine setup goes. And I have two other long arm quilting machines, and I've always had something in that size range smaller. But in my home studio now, I set up the Handy Quilter Moxie and the loft frame at the eight foot setup. It is perfect because I don't make huge quilts, you know? Right. So Mm -hmm. when you have your typical lap size quilt or even a queen that you just need to get done, it I mean, the eight foot frame really works well for that setup. Yeah. Yeah, and I have not quilted a lot with different long arm machines, but one that I have is the Moxie. And it is so not intimidating. Like, that's what I loved about it. Like, just to go in and thread it, because sometimes I feel like I go up to some of those machines and I'm like, oh, Oh, I don't know. Exactly. The software, sometimes it has so many, like, it's capable of doing so much that it just like puts a block on you that you're like, I don't even know what button does what. This machine is not like that at all. It's literally like, press a button, it goes press another button, it stops, you know, and you can adjust it. It has a stitch regulator built into it as well. So you can do manual mode or stitch regulated. I'm personally like to do manual mode, but if you're doing ruler work, you can set it to be regulated. And so that your stitches are still about the same length while you're making whatever geometric fun designs you are with your rulers and templates and stuff like that. So really versatile, again, best bang for your buck. It like still allows you to grow with it for your long arm quilting needs. But if you're just trying to do a quick all over meander and get that baby quilt out the door this weekend, you can do that too. Well, good. Well, let's let's back it up a little bit and sure. let's talk a little bit about how did you get started with this whole world that you've created? Um, and I know you can give me the the, the shortened version. I'll I know try. It's a, it's, it's a really cool story though. It is. I'll start back at the beginning. I was a second year law school student. I hated it. My bachelor's is in anthropology, and so I knew I had to go to graduate school because that's by itself is not really that practical of a degree. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So I went to law school, and my second year there, I just felt really kind of boxed in and limited, like I was looking for a creative outlet. One day I was looking for a coffee shop to study in, in a college town. You can imagine undergraduate and graduate students, they're all filled. So I was Uh just kind of driving around different strip malls, trying to find a place to sit down and study. And I pulled into one and it was a Sunday, so it was closed, but it said like sewing and quilting classes and a light bulb went off and I was like, wait a minute, people teach this at a shop at a business? Because I grew up with my mom sewing all of our clothes. So my mom came to the U.S. in the 60s as a teenager She worked in the garment district in New York City, and we only ever had an industrial sewing machine, which, you know, stitches 3,000, 4,000 stitches per minute. So I asked her when I was eight, when I was 10, every couple months, every couple years, I'd ask her to teach me to sew. And she would say no, because it was too dangerous. Ah. So in my head, I was stuck on you had to learn to sew from family. So when I saw that in a business, I was like, wait a minute, I can sign up and pay somebody and I could learn how to sew. And so right then it was closed. So I went in first thing Monday morning and just walked in and was like, 
where do I sign up? Like, yeah. I want to learn. And so I had signed up for a class, a beginning sewing class, and um, I didn't have a sewing machine. So the class was a couple weeks out. I called my mom and told her, listen, I'm 22 years old. I think I can keep my fingers away from the needle. <laughs> Finally, you're there. Yes, I need you to teach me how to sew. So she went to a yard sale that weekend, found an old 1966 Singer sewing machine. One of the first zigzag stitches yeah. from the 60s or 70s, something like that. She brought it to me, taught me how to thread it. And then that was it. I just took off with it. I started cutting up old jeans, sewing. I tote that super heavy machine to classes. And I did like a pillowcase class and then like a Christmas stocking class. And I was a perfectionist, but that was my first intro into sewing. And I remember one of the ladies at the store said to me, you know, you're a perfectionist. You should really think about quilting. And at 22 years old, that was actually the first time I heard the word quilt. And wow. a lot of people in the U.S. find that really interesting. Uh -huh. But you have to remember, I am a first-generation American. I grew up right. in Miami, Florida. My uh. family is from the Caribbean. We have zero need for a quilt. Oh, okay? yeah. No. Like, it doesn't get too chilly there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have air conditioning, you know, growing up. And so I was like, what is quilting? So she's like, come with me. I'll show you. And she starts pointing out these quilts. And she basically says, we have to take the fabric, we cut it up into pieces very precisely, and then we sew it together to make these fun designs very precisely, right? So I'm like, this sounds perfect for me. And so I took my first nine patch quilting class and I was still in law school at the time. I remember sitting in the back of my classes and running out early to go take my class like, so that I get go. there. Yeah, and my friends would laugh and say, you're the only 22 year old I know that's skipping law classes to go quilt with grandmas. And I would say, and I love every second of it. I love it, you know? Oh. And so that's kind of how I started quilting. I had my son the year after I graduated from law school. And at the time- So you everybody... actually graduated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I have to finish. You know, that's uh -huh. just how yep. I am. But it's just like on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And so a lot of my friends were having babies. I started posting the things that I was making for my son on Facebook, and then people would start to place orders, right? <laughs> and as a creative person, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this, is like we take on a project and it's the challenge. And once we're over it, it's like, okay, I'm on to the next thing. Like we don't want to make the same quilt 10 times necessarily, right. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I remember telling my husband that like, if I make one more diaper bag, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. So he would say, well, why don't you offer to teach classes? So I started teaching through my local community education at the local college. And then it was the same thing. Every mm -hmm. class was the same pillowcase dress. And my yeah. firstborn is a boy. So I'm like, if I have to make one more pillowcase dress or teach one more class, I'm going to lose it. So my husband suggested, why don't we film you teaching yeah. the class and put it up on this platform called YouTube, which is free. Right. And that way, when people ask you for that project, you send them the link and tell them to leave you alone. You're free, you know? Yeah. And so I thought, you're genius. I only have to ever make the project one time because it's archived in video format, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so that's how we started uploading videos to my YouTube channel. That was November 2009. Wow. So you were in the forefront then. You were out there before exactly. people were really like, you know, going there in droves. <laughs> and it's wild to think because I, I uploaded videos to my YouTube channel and I never even watched videos on YouTube. Like I would just put them up there because it was a free hosting site for that, you know? And so, yeah, I just started uploading videos and people started watching them and writing me from all over the world. Like, I love the way you teach. Can you make a video on this, a video on that? And then uh, about two years later, in 2011, I came across a video for a competition where YouTube and Google were looking for 25 YouTube video creators who basically they're looking for somebody with the potential to be like the next big thing so that they can invest in your channel. 
And I had to submit a video audition and all that. And I was selected as one of the winners. And that's kind of what pushed it forward. And I was like, okay, I think I could do this, full, you know, like a career wise. Nice. So that was like the catalyst that kind that of sent sure you was. in that yep. direction. Oh, that's great. So what have been the challenges though with doing that? Because you really are, you were laying down the tracks for everybody. Did you hit any walls or has it been oh, smooth absolutely. sailing? Like, you know, what have been some of your biggest challenges? Well, one would be how to monetize the viewership mm-hmm. on a free yep. platform like YouTube. So early on, I mean, I uploaded videos for maybe two years without ever knowing that I could even make money off of it. It was just a free hosting site. And so once I found out about the YouTube partner program, then I submitted for that. And then I started, you know, being able to add the ads to my video so I could monetize it. But a lot of times people don't realize, like, even if you're super consistent uploading videos, you're not making tons and tons of money off the ad revenue, right? They're paying you know, a couple dollars per 1000 views or something, depending on the time of year, obviously October to January, you get a big spike because of the holidays. People are cramming in those ads, you know, and they want people uh-huh, to buy yeah. for the, stuff like that, but it's not super consistent, even if you are. And so it was a way for me to say like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time on this, on these videos. What can I do to monetize it? So carving out your own path of how to reach out to companies for sponsorships, how to put out your own products, whether they be digital or sales or physical, like physical sales, you know, different products. So all that has been, I mean, it's a fun, it's fun challenge, but definitely a lot of stopping points where you're like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Let's try that. But I feel like that's kind of the fun way of making Mm -hmm. something that works for you, you know, carving out your own career path and lifestyle. Six years ago, we retired my husband like from his nine to five job. So ever since then, he's been working with me and we homeschool our two kids and we live on a little homestead here in North Central Florida. And you've made that such a huge part of all your posting too, because you go onto your site and you see, I mean, it's such an insight into your whole life. I I love it. (laughs) And it also gives people, I mean, it's inspirational, right? You see pretty Mm -hmm. flowers, vegetables, kids being involved with growing food on their land. And then it also shows people like you can still have this type of a like laid back, just back to the land lifestyle Mm -hmm. and still run online based business. Like it shows you what online, what the internet, what online sales, you know, having a website and stuff like that can do where you can still have this type of a lifestyle. Like you don't have to be out at a retail shop, you know, working all the days if you want to be home. Like it's, it's a yeah. balance. And just a little peek behind the curtain because I am the video producer for the Quilting Daily site. What kind of video setup do you have there and how hard was it to kind of establish that? When I won that competition with YouTube, they actually flew us up to New York and were teaching us about the different technologies nice. that we needed. And so I got to go to a big photo and video store and walk around with a person one-on-one and I would tell them like, I need an aerial shot for tutorials. So they'd say, okay, get an arm, get this tripod. Mm-hmm, yep. I film on all a Canon EOS Rebels. So I have a T3i, okay. a T6i, a T8i. I use Rode mics and I use a lot of natural light. If I don't, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll use a softbox, but I try to keep it as, as basic as possible because I mean, the setup alone will take you longer than filming the video. And it's really, when you look at it at the end of the day, you know, it is an investment, but you actually can do so much more now than you could even like four years ago or five Listen, years ago. I so, tell people uh, all that when I started my first YouTube videos, it was with a point and shoot digital camera with the memory card. Listen to this. It had 256 megabytes oh of memory. Oh my God. Oh, that's just crazy. I would film my tutorials like in 15 to 30 second clips. Take it out, dump it, reformat the card, film 20 more seconds, put it back. It was insane. Nowadays, if you have an iPhone or some type of good quality smartphone, you're good to go. Like you can totally jump into video with that. You know what? The reason why we have 
all these amazing tutorials and everything is because of people like you that have just gotten out there. You just did it. You didn't, you didn't let anything hold you back. You didn't let, you know, you're like, nope, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to do it, which is just amazing. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you for like another five hours, but <laughs> what is the best way for people to find you? People can find me at my website at craftygemini.com. And then on all social media sites, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, I'm also under Crafty Gemini. Nice. And then if you're interested in the uh, the handy quilter in that Moxie, what's the best way for them to get a hold of uh, them and find out information about that? The different educators for Moxie have videos that we've uploaded. So if you just do a quick YouTube search and type in, say you want to watch my videos, if you type in Crafty Gemini and Moxie, all the videos that I've done on the Moxie, including live long arm quilting, you can find them right there where I give you information on it and how I set it up and all that. Oh my goodness. I'm so inspired. I'm going to go sew. <laughs> Same here. Thanks, Ginger. Visit handyquilter.com for more information on the moxie that Vanessa and I talked about. That's handyquilter.com. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.